Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the latest edition of March Madness 365. I'm your host, Andy Katz. As always, you can check out our coverage of college basketball throughout the course of the year on all our March Madness platforms on NCAA.com. Coming up here on the site and our social media platforms over the next couple of weeks here in the middle of summer into August, we're going to have some conference rankings, breaking down some predictions of each of the major leagues, uh, up to about 10 uh, nine of the conferences, the 10th being sort of a, a collaboration of some of the rest of the leagues around the country. Uh, recruiting is still in its earnest around the country. You've got the second weekend, which uh, just completed. Now they're heading off to the third weekend. That usually happens in Las Vegas. And yes, there are changes afoot. Uh, cannot tell you what is going to happen yet, but uh, all coaches should fully expect changes to occur in the recruiting calendar next year. But keep this in mind for coaches and student-athletes and organizers and coaches from the AU to the grassroots, there will not be limited evaluations or opportunities. They just may be in different spots. Maybe coaches are going to different places. That's all still to be determined. But one thing I can tell you for sure is that student athletes or prospective student athletes will not be limited into their abilities to play summer basketball, be seen, throughout the course of the spring and summer in some form or fashion. It just may be in different spots. We don't know. As we wait to find out, sometime in August, where the NCAA Board of Governors and the Council will ratify the legislation that is being worked on now, and keep that in mind that nothing has been finalized in any way in any of the committees that were formed after the Rice Commission in April. So still a lot of work to do over the next couple of weeks for those committees as they put forth some legislation. In terms of this edition of the podcast, going to head to the Big 12 for Jamie Dixon at TCU. He feels great about his team. And then we're going to go out west to Washington and Mike Hopkins as the Huskies, I think, could end up being the Pac-12 regular season champs. Got close to the NCAA tournament last season. Uh, I think they're going to be on the cusp of being having a breakout year with a veteran team under Mike Hopkins, his second season in Seattle. So let's get to our guests. And now joining me here on March Madness 365, TCU head coach Jamie Dixon. Uh, the Horn Frogs, I imagine, are healthy now and certainly could be a major factor in the Big 12 next season. Uh, but let's deal with that health question first, Jamie. Uh, Jalen Fisher, what's the latest? You know, uh, I'd say he's ready to go, but we're being conservative. Uh, he's shooting and he's working out, but, you know, nothing live. 
just uh, looking forward to it. Uh, he's, he's obviously been out for a while, but uh, you know, just uh, being conservative and, and making sure he's uh, ready to go when, when, when we start practicing. You know, when he was out last season, I saw him very active on the bench. I mean, what kind of leadership role did he provide even when he wasn't able to play last season? It's the uh, energy he brings. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's just the way he is personality-wise on campus, whether it be in class, whether it be in practice and games, watching games. He just has amazing energy and, you know, loves being around the guys, around people, and, and uh, just enjoys the whole deal. So, um it's uh, it's it's really fun to see a guy just still being engaged even when the, the season is uh, uh, he's not able to play. All right, so you come back to your alma mater with the full intent of resuscitating this program, and you did it in short order, where you guys make the NCAA tournament. Uh, you end up uh, losing to Syracuse in the first round, but you finish twenty-one and twelve, nine and nine, and arguably maybe the most balanced, if not the toughest, league in the country in the Big Twelve, and that'll be the case again. Uh, how would you assess where you are in putting your imprint on this program and getting them back to relevancy uh, in such short order? Well, we're excited. I mean, uh, in the roster, the talent level I think where we're at right now, I think is uh, right where we wanted to be, and there's no question about that. I think we just got to stay healthy. But uh, certainly the the way recruits look at us right now, um, they love our style of play. They love the school. They love the Big 12. We can. Uh, it seems my whole life I've been able to. And truthfully, uh, you know, you, you get a chance to play in the best conference in the country. And when I did that in the Big East, that was probably the case. The ACC is the same. And uh, here now, the Big 12 has proven it uh, the last couple of years. Uh, with the numbers. So we've got so many good things going for us. And, you know, I don't know that it was it just, it's, it really happened to be just getting here at the right time uh, at TCU. Yeah. I mean, look, you were obviously closely following this program from afar. How much did it change even before you got there to where it was in place for you to step in, put your imprint on it and take it to that next step? Because, you know, these things had to be happening before you even got there to make it ready-made. Yeah, I mean, getting to the Big 12 was huge for the, the school and in, in every way, in every sport, and, and just for the school. Uh, it just it just brings you, puts you in another uh, stratosphere as far as uh, the people you, you attract, whether it be professors, whether it be uh, students, and, and all that just kind of raises uh, raises every level. And so it, it's been good. And, and Trent, had, Trent Johnson was here, he's the coach, and he kind of took on the, the initial uh, rebuilding part of it and you know, now that I'm here, it's 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 oftentimes the case. You, know, you go to a place, and yeah, we're getting a lot more resources, you know, than, than Trent got, and it's just it's just how it works. It's kind of a shame in coaching. You know, when guys get the new place, and um, you know, you see the different places where the where the all of a sudden the new guy comes in, and they, they give them a lot more stuff, and and uh, it, it's 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 just part of the business. I think it's in every business, but uh, I've been in the benefit of it. We've been the benefit of it, and it's just. Uh, you know, we have everything we need uh, to be uh, amongst the best in the country. And I know it may seem surprising to some, but it's it's just the case. You know, you mentioned the leagues and you've been very fortunate in you have been sort of at the peak of sort of the, the reformatted Big East, you know, when it was expanded. Uh, and you guys at Pitt were competing for the Big East titles consistently. You were a number one seed. You're on the doorstep of going to a Final Four, you know, losing in the lead eight at the buzzer. So you were right there. And then when you transitioned to the ACC, 
clearly the expanded ACC is, you know, arguably one of the best, if not at times the best league in the country. But what has made the Big 12 in the short time you've been there convince you that maybe the Big 12, based on its percentages of numbers and all that, make it maybe the best league in the country? Well, I mean, the numbers, RPI, what, what we've done, the strength of schedules and, and, and what we've done. We haven't done the, the national championship thing, and, and we need to do that and, and, and get more teams to the Final Four other than Kansas. So I think that hurts us. But now I'll give you all the positives. So uh, RPI, the numbers top to bottom, all 10 teams being, you know, it's, uh, that's the difference between the ACC and the, and the, and the Big East that I was in, uh, there's no bad teams. Last year, every team was a, I thought was a, uh, and they were, I mean, they were an NCAA tournament team. I mean, Iowa state faded with some injuries at the end. And you could say at the end, they weren't, uh, they're going to be really good this year. They've got a high talent uh, deal, but they just lost some guys. They lost three guys at the end of the year. So that was the difference, but it's just, this, this league has the ability to, to stay old maybe more than the other leagues. Uh, and I think that's been our biggest strength. Uh, the transfers, the grad transfers, uh, a little bit of junior college additions. That's what's made this league what it is and why it's the best. All good facilities, all are committed to basketball in a big way. Fan bases are strong throughout the conference. The TV package is tremendous. I mean, it's really the timing of our games. Uh, we've got primetime games all five are on uh you know on espn the national networks uh, all five games for that time you know that, that week or that 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 uh, saturday or, or monday through wednesday deal so it's just uh it's got a lot of things going for it and and then the coach there's really good coaches here top to bottom i mean one through ten well i mean k-state's a great example of that they were sort of middle of the pack and they ended up in the elite eight last season and yeah you know baylor yeah. and oklahoma state which didn't get in the NCAA tournament in addition to iowa state had strong cases, Oklahoma State more than Baylor. I mean, you know, there was a point last season where nine of the ten, you know, legitimately could have been in the NCAA tournament. I mean, you play each other, so you're going to lose some games. But if Baylor or Oklahoma State had been in, I don't think anyone would have said, oh, that's a travesty. I mean, they legitimately had moments where they looked like tournament teams during the season. So your team, though, uh, the core of what you have back, I mentioned Jalen, obviously – He's the bigger name, but uh, why do you feel like this team could actually be even better than this past season? Yeah, we lost some good ones, no question, but I can't see how we could be in a better spot as far as how we're replacing it. You know, it's, we got sitting out, and then we got top guys. We got the top junior college kid in the country coming in at the five. We had Kevin Samuel and Angus McWilliams sitting out. We had a lot of uh, Mayan sitting out uh, as a wing, an Australian kid that not many people have seen. And then uh, we've got uh, Kate Narchie, who's one of the top wings in the country, uh, a local kid uh, for us that could have gone anywhere, pretty much anywhere. And so uh, he's another wing. So we would lose two really good all-conference players, but we couldn't have been in a better position as far as replacing him with the guys I mentioned. So all things being equal, as you head into this season, in comparison to some of your teams you had uh, at, at Pitt, I mean, how would you gauge your sense of optimism? The talent level is really good. I mean, uh, top to bottom, you know, inside and outside. But the uh, inexperience, this is a young group. You know, the thing we did at Pitt really well was was stay old. 
for that long stretch. And when we had, you know, I think the best record in the Big East by substantial margin, both conference and non-conference, we were just old. We stayed old. You know, there was a stretch where I think we were five years. We were number one team in the country as far as wins and losses, uh, playing in the toughest conference. We stayed old. Old is one thing. We, we were experienced always. And this team is not experienced. Uh, we're not a team. We haven't practiced enough together. We had, we had a, eight guys, new guys. We have five guys that have averaged close to double figures coming back, but yet we have eight guys that haven't played a, a minute of college basketball. And uh, that's where the challenge is going to be in, in putting them all together. And with the injuries in, in, in summer, we haven't done a lot of stuff together. So August will be fun when we get back in school. Uh, it'll be fun getting them all together. So who are you looking forward to seeing, you know, sort of his growth from the end of the season to October the most or that you think can definitely have an impact? Well, I mean, we got the five guys coming back. You know, Jalen, obviously, counting in there. And, and, and Alex Kuat and, and the JD or, you know, double-figure guys right around there. I don't think anybody's really separated himself in those five. I'm excited getting these eight guys out. The, the four that we had redshirting last year and then the four coming in. That's where it's going to be real exciting for us. Um, and uh, just getting them all on the same page. That will be fun. Anyone specifically? Of those, of those eight? Yeah. Uh, I'd say the guys I mentioned, you know, I mean, the four the four redshirt guys, Caden, Kendrick Davis is going to be a really good little point guard for us. You know, it's I, I like them all. Like I said, it's our 13 is, is good. It's good. And, uh, but we, we're, we're talent-wise. We're, team-wise, it, it hasn't even – we haven't even approached that subject yet. And, and finally, Jamie, scheduling. You know, obviously, it was a good balanced schedule – uh, a year ago, and that helped you even before, you know, you got to uh, the Big Twelve. Six seed, yeah. No. So it was what a have good you put schedule. in place to try to mimic that this coming season? You know, you kind of since we didn't have this the history, the the reputation, we really had to pick and choose on these events, and so we went and took a chance that we thought getting a Nevada last year, and and we thought they would be a really good RPI team, and obviously it worked out that well. So we got a win against a neutral court win against a top ten, I think, RPI team. Um, you know, you, you kind of, it's, it's, you got to select, you know, the blue bloods are going to play the blue bloods. It's a, it's a no lose game for those guys, but we've got to kind of find the, the right tournament, the right event. And and then we got to take our business in the SEC challenge. We, we've blown that the last two years and, and, uh, we got Florida this year. So that'll be good. The diamond hit classic gives us, uh, some good opportunities. And then we just keep, uh, keep plugging away on, uh, getting the best teams we can to come to our place. And uh, that's that's the challenge that everybody faces. Um, and then, uh, you know, I think as we go forward here, there'll be some more challenges that we had and, uh, in the conference play, and that, that makes us uh, – that, that gives us opportunities. But there's not a lot that you can do much with your schedule. you got to play some amount of home games. you got to get in the right tournament. you got some home-and-homes that you, you play through conference uh, affiliations. And then with us, we have the SMU – uh, game that was scheduled beforehand and that's been in place for this is year four of that and, and jamie one last thing the new arena that's going to be in fort worth yeah uh, i know the mount uh, excuse me the um american conference is going to move its tournament there at some point uh it's on the schedule uh how much involvement will tcu have in at least you know playing a game or something in the new facility yeah we're really excited about it we're we're, we're looking to partner up with the armed forces uh classic the the bowl and uh, do something with that and play downtown. And uh, it's going to be an unbelievable facility. As you said, the NCAA tournament is going to be there as well. The, uh, the, uh, the AAC is going to be there. 
um, it's it's going to be big time for, uh, facility, and uh, I think we can attract a, a really good team. And so we'll go play maybe somewhere neutrally, a uh, neutral court somewhere, and like a, you know Staples will play SC and and get them back, or or Miami and and uh, and somewhere in Miami, and just be a part of something where we get a team to come back and play in that arena. So I think it'll be uh, something we can use, and it'll be a, a great sell for uh, our university and, and the city, the, the connection between. Uh, between both well jamie appreciate you taking some time here in july before you head back out on the recruiting trail thank you okay andy thanks so much up next on march madness 365 washington head coach mike hopkins and now joining me here on march madness 365 washington head coach mike hopkins uh the honeymoon is over but it was a great first year of a marriage didn't make the ncaa tournament but had some phenomenal victories were on the cusp and certainly imprinted your identity of how you want to play, how you want to run this program in year one. A lot of excitement. I'm really high on this team. I'm picking Washington to win the Pac-12. I am fully on board the bandwagon. Uh, Mike, let's start going a little bit backwards first. How would you assess year one? Well, I think it was, you know, it was a little bit of a roller coaster, you know, not knowing, uh, you know, what we were going to get. What we knew is we knew we had talented guys, uh, now it went back to how quick could they learn the system, believe in the system, and then believe in each other. And uh, I thought that that, you know, was a that that came faster than we thought. And we had some great victories and, and created some pretty strong positive momentum. You know, you guys were like I said on the cusp, great wins. Um, I remember we talked during the season last year about you know just taking time to implement the zone, how you wanted to play. Uh, now that you've got that first season under your belt and you've got summer workouts going on how much ahead of the curve especially you got a veteran team coming back is this group in terms of now just you know tweaking things rather than sort of teaching them the basics well i think uh, you know we're definitely way ahead of the game in terms of that last year it was you know the basics (laughs) just okay this is how we close out the zone this is how we rebound out of the zone and so, you know, the learning curve there, obviously, with our top eight guys being back, we got really good at it, especially in league, um, with Matisse Leibel obviously being defensive player of the year. And uh, I think our young guys, the the Jalen Noels, the Nas Carters, and Hamir Wright, the young freshmen last year, our sophomores, I felt like their experience will really enhance our team this year and, and create high-quality depth. All right, so let's talk about that. you got four seniors returning, 95% of the scoring. You know, in most cases, that means this is a team that should compete for a league title. How do you assess what you have coming back and, and where this team should be? Well, I think we still have some warts. I mean, we're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. I felt, uh, you know, offensively last year, we had some great moments. We just weren't consistent, which most we you know, like most teams. But you know, again, they're learning our new system. So. I think we'll be better at that. I think shooting the ball early in the year, we were really good from the foul line, uh, especially in game, you know, tough situations, and that needs to obviously progress. But when you got a guy like Noah Dickerson who can, you know, really score in the post, you know, you've got some really good perimeter scoring guys that have proven uh, you sleep better at night going into the next season. So, you know, I think uh, veteran teams uh, are really can really be successful. It's uh but it's not easy. It's not easy to win. And, you know, we feel still feel like we've got that chip on our shoulder, something to prove, and we haven't really done what we want to do yet. You know, Matisse, we mentioned him briefly, one of the best defensive players, obviously, in the Pac-12 coming back. What does he need to improve on so that he can take that next step? 
Well, I think a big thing is he's obviously, we call him Deion Sanders uh, in our zone. He's just, he's a disruptive nightmare defensively. And I think, you know, offensively, you know, last year we talked about getting to the foul line more. You know, he's an incredible athlete who can get into the paint, uh, sometimes settles too much for jump shots, which he's actually very good at. But getting to the foul line more, being more aggressive, putting teams on the defensive, you know, trying to keep us in front. I think with that, you know, he averaged, I think, about 11 last year. We need to get him up to 15, 16 points a game, and I think he could do that. In terms of uh, the freshmen coming in, um, because I would imagine that you expect them to have an impact. Who have you seen so, you know, and I know it's way early, but of your of your group coming in, who do you think – you know, can contribute uh, early in the season and maybe throughout? Well, I think they're, they all fill the major need for us. And, uh, you know, Brian Penn Johnson is, he's got, you know, seven one, he's got seven, seven wingspan. And, uh, you know, I think last year when you looked at our zone and a lot of times we just didn't have the size, you know, we were, you know, six, four in the back, <laughs> you know, six, seven at the center. And you've known uh, the great Syracuse teams with the length uh, makes a big difference. But I think he, his future is really, really bright. Elijah Hardy uh, is a really good point guard who makes other guys around him better. Uh, Jamal Bay was state player of the year in, in Nevada, Gatorade player of the year. We feel has a just a tremendous amount of talent. Uh, really scores, got great size, fits what we do. Nate Roberts is a guy, uh, I think he'll be the most intriguing player. He's got 6'10", but he's a freak athlete. He's gained 25 pounds and He's just, uh, you know, an energizer bunny. And with that length, you know, that energy defensively and rebounding offense rebounds could be a difference for us. So as you know, Andy, you never know until you have practices of, you know, sometimes it's the least highly recruited guy that makes the biggest impact and vice versa. But we're really excited about the future of Washington basketball. And, and you know, you walked in to already, I thought, one of the better home courts in the country, not just in the West sure. Coast. In terms of the schedule, what have you put in place non-conference? Because uh, you guys went on the road, obviously playing that Kansas game. You're out east, yeah. Where you can build off the veteran aspect, you know, get some quality wins and and really create even more of a crazed atmosphere. What do you have on tap? Well, I think that was the problem. No one wanted to play us at home. <laughs> well, that's always been the problem. I don't know if that's going to change. Always the problem. You had to have those in play uh, before, but we, you know, we we play. Uh, we play uh, Virginia Tech in Atlantic City uh, early on. We've played another top 10, top 15 in some polls. Uh, we can play the, the, the winner or loser of Texas A&M, Minnesota. And then we obviously play Gonzaga at Gonzaga this year, uh, which, you know, some have missed preseason number one. So we've got some challenges. We've got a, you know, Seattle University has been really good. They won over 20 games last year. Our non-conference is, is going to be really healthy and good. And uh, hopefully propels us to have a really good pack pack twelve you know season and hopefully contend for a, a league championship. So you got this game in, in New Jersey uh, last year. I know you weren't that wasn't your schedule coming east again. <laughs> Is that something that you want to do uh, to get that Washington brand on the East Coast on a regular basis? I, I think so. I think you know anytime you can play in the East Coast. Uh, last year we played Madison Square Garden. You know you go out there and you play well against good high quality teams. Um, you know, you get a lot of the national media and, uh, I think exposure for our league is great. Playing a great non-conference game is great. Uh, but for our league to get that credibility, we've got to win those games, especially, uh, against the, the other power fives. But I think also, you know, 
University of Washington with having Markel Fultz, and they've had obviously so many great local players. We've got a couple New York guys, and it's it's good to touch it. It's an incredible university, incredible school. You know, Niles Carter's mother told him that she's got to get the Washington out of out of him and make him New York again. But <laughs> these kids fall in love with this place. It's an incredible place. It's got beauty. It's got great you know academic facilities and reputation and it's just it's a great place so uh, the more exposure we can get nationally the better so look mike i mean i don't expect you to carry the banner for the banner for the league and it's been cyclical it wasn't a great postseason you know they were all out before the first weekend essentially or by the first end of the first weekend yeah. uh, the pac-12 you've been through this league once I think there's going to be more coming back, but you know, some obviously we don't know what's going to happen with Arizona in terms of what they'll look like because they lost a lot, but they still have some sure. talent. UCLA got guys back from the draft. How do you assess where this league is at and what it needs to do in the postseason? Well, I just think at the end of the day, you know, the key to the success in the NCAA tournament is good seedings. You know, you can't have two eleven seeds and, and expect to 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 go far in that in that tournament. It's all about seeding, and so. For the reputation of the league, you know, we've got to do good in the non-conference and we've got to, you know, when we have a chance to play against the other uh, power fives, we got to show well. I think that's important. The one thing about being in the league, and I've been in the Big East when it was the Big East, uh, the top conference in America. I've been in the ACC when it was rated the top conference in America. And I'm going to tell you what, the Pac-12 is really good. They've got great coaches. You know, Dana Altman is, is one of the great coaches. Steve Alford are, Sean Miller, you know, you can sit there and talk about his talent. He still has top 50 guys and McDonald's All-Americans that were sitting out and a great coach with great uh, tradition. And there's just so many great programs that, uh, you know, I'm excited to be a part of it. And I just want to build that reputation and be a part of that growth because it is exciting basketball. And sometimes when you're all the way over here on this coast, you don't get the recognition that you, you think that the league should get. You know, Mike, I was talking to a coaching friend of mine, uh, who's familiar with you and the Big East and everything. We were talking this morning about how you didn't really get a fair shake during the uh, nine-game interim. It was sort of put in an impossible situation. Sure. And to judge you on those nine games was clearly unfair. And I think there were people who probably did. You know, when you look back at that experience in comparison to you having your own head coaching job this past year, which I think went, you know, phenomenally well, um, how do you look back at, at that one experience and maybe how that prepared you, uh, even though it was stressful, you know, for this first year as a head coach? Well, I think I believe, really believe that things don't happen to you. They happen for you. And uh, regardless of what happened, it was it was, uh, you know, difficult. I think the thing with coaching is, is the basketball part's easy, you know, running your own program. So the basketball part was great. You know, you have highs and lows. Uh, sometimes the team plays, you know, we, we were in that nine games. I was at Miami, at Pittsburgh, which we have had a lot of great success. Four of the five, you know, you're playing high-quality teams. And, and then a couple of the, uh, of the rivalries in terms of St. John's and Georgetown, uh, both on the road. So, you know, listen, this game is hard. It's hard to win. Um, and I think, you know, when you have your own team, you're preparing – from the summer all the way into the season. And, and that's, that's what it's really all about. Those guys weren't my, you know, it wasn't my team, wasn't my players, uh, even though I was a big part of it. Uh, it. But I think the biggest thing, Andy, it was the greatest learning experience. It was uh, being able to test drive a Tesla and, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, just learned a lot, learned about the psychology. And like you said, about how the fans treated it. 
but uh, the great experience that put me in an incredible place that I love, uh, that I'm a big part of, and they've welcomed me and my family, and I'm I'm living my dream even better than I thought it would ever be. And, and to that point, Mike, before I let you go, I mean, what have you learned the most about yourself this past year? Uh, I, I, you know what? How to have better balance. Uh, you know, you're so driven to just until you win every game possible <laughs> uh, to keep doing that. And, uh, you know, I, I felt like I did a good job trusting our staff, which I have. A, we have an incredible staff. I work with people I love to be with every day. And uh, and really learn in, in terms of building a culture is an everyday process. But personally, it's more just creating balance where, you know, I want to live until I'm 90 and see my kids uh, <laughs> get married and have kids and have grandchildren and have fun coaching and not being this, a, a stressful thing that it is because we're all competitors. But incredible. Because that's the thing. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here. You can be intense, but not as stressed. Like. You coach with an intensity and a passion, but that doesn't necessarily have to mean that you're stressed. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's a difference. Sometimes people assume because you're so passionate, because you're intense, oh my God, he's so stressed. But I felt like this year watching you and also with your family, it's a great city. You know, nothing against Syracuse, but it's a great city, cosmopolitan, you got pro teams. It, It would almost lend itself to having better life balance, family balance, and you can be passionate and intense and yet not be as stressed on a daily basis. I, I completely agree with you. I'm like, I'm, my dad came out and visited me. And now we're sitting out on, on the Conabear overlooking this beautiful lake and American bald eagles and beautiful sun. And we're going to go take a walk as our guy, we got our guys started and it's just the beauty here. And I, you know, the thing that really I love is, you know, every city, every great university or great winning program, it's about the people. It always is about the people. My dad always said it's about the people, and it really is. And uh, being a part of this, uh, it's we've got incredible people here and uh, that really believe in this place. And that's the most fun part of it is working for somebody that you believe in and love and then work with a bunch of people every day in, our, in terms of our staff. And that makes it just even better. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, imagine it's kind of like the corny thing, but when you walk in and you're happy and it's like your buddies, uh, you're trying to do something great, trying to change something, change your culture and try to bring something proud to this city. Well, Mike, I think you're doing great. Love watching you develop this team and, and you look happy, but in, in, in a good way, like where things are going yeah. well, but you know, and it, like I said, Washington's a phenomenal place, university area. So thrilled that things are working out so well. Yeah, Andy, I really appreciate it, buddy. All right. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Andy. Thanks for listening to our latest edition of March Madness 365. You can listen to March Madness 365 at NCAA.com or subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts. Please be sure to leave us a rating and review while you're there. And you can always find us on Google Home and Amazon Alexa. Just say, hey, Alexa, or hey, Google. Play the March Madness 365 podcast. Thanks for listening.